share with you what they've been studying, what they've been learning. And um, I just thank God for our children's ministries. I thank God for Miss um, Cheryl and Miss Amy that work so very, very hard with our, their children. And, um, and um, but I'm going to turn things over to them right now. And so let, it, let, us, let us just just hear what's going on. We try to maybe each quarter to um, do a memory verse challenge to our kids, uh, and we try to do it age-appropriate. Uh, the younger kids do not learn as many verses as the older kids, of course. A good rule of thumb is however old they are, that's how many verses they learn. This um, time we taught on a, one of the uh, lessons was on the armor of God, which is in Ephesians six ten through 18. Our older kids, we have two of those through all of our kids that learn those scriptures, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And our younger one, he learned a smaller portion of that, but still he worked on that and learned that. So we have three kids. Whenever we get um, through, we do a big ice cream social for them. So they had a treat today to ice castles, and you can ask them all about their treat. I mean, that boy worked his hands in those little scoops. I mean, they had all kind of ice cream. And so, as Amy always says, blessings, um, whenever we learn God's word and hide it in our heart, always blessings follow and rewards. And so, that was one of their rewards. Miss Amy, you have anything? I just want to apologize in advance to Chris and Deidre um, for the sugar that your children (laughs) indulged in tonight. But we've been um, given strict orders that we are going to sit still in church tonight and go to bed early, so... All right, Brody, you ready? All right, Brody. Therefore, put on the form of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may stand your ground. After you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth, buckle around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand your ground against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers in this dark world, and against the evil in the spiritual, against the spiritual forces in, of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that, you can, so that when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground. After you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith so that you can extinguish all the flaming arrows that the evil one throws at you. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the form of God, so when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Good job, Good job.
All right. Man, that is good. That is so good. And um, uh, we thank God for our leaders. Thank God for our parents because I know our parents have been working very hard with them also. But again, one of the things we're so excited about is, is what God continues to do through the ministry of um, international mission builders and um, just the vision that God has, has sent forth out there. Been praying about for a long, long time that um, we can have an opportunity to put a medical team on the on the ground there and begin to minister in that different that way. And so God began to put that together, and we just want you to hear from them tonight. I don't want to say too much. I'll let Brother Tommy come and and um, kind of begin this, and then we want to hear um, through His people what God has done through them, Brother Tommy. Uh, we are glad to be here tonight, and uh, first of all, I just want to thank uh, thank God for what he did for us the week we were there and with our medical group and uh, some amazing things that, that he did, and uh, as we shared earlier in prayer, the things that he revealed uh, that week, and we were able to see, and uh, God just blessed in so many ways. Uh, second of all, I want to thank these folks that went, and there's a couple missing uh, they're elsewhere tonight, but uh, I just want to thank them for uh, their willingness to go. And uh, with it being our first opportunity, uh, didn't really know what to expect. Um, but uh, God put this together, and uh, I think it went went well. And although we served uh, many people physically, uh, with their ailments and different things, we also served them uh, in the spiritual realm as well uh, in sharing the gospel. And um, as I told them uh, a few minutes earlier, that we've seen some folks that were there that week, and uh, they were so thankful uh, for what was going on, and they appreciated it very much and, and asked, well, how many of these are you going to have every year? Well, I don't, I don't know, whatever the Lord puts together. Uh, for us to do. Uh, one thing that I shared with them, uh, I'm going to speak just a little bit and then I'll come towards the end. Uh, but one thing that I shared with them, I, I believe the first night that we were there is in Second Corinthians chapter 5. Um, and this is part of the scripture that I, that I shared that night. It says, uh, chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any was one is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through, G through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And that's what I shared with them that night. And and that's what they share with the folks that came. Um, we had one brother, he, he doesn't speak any English, and he's from Honduras, uh, but he has been called, and he's actually in seminary now uh, from the, the village that, that, that George goes to uh, in uh, Portrayo Grande. And uh, he came and was with us all week, and he shared the gospel many, many times. When the folks came in and they were waiting to see the, uh, the medical people, uh, if he got a crowd of 10 or 15, he would share the gospel with them. Um, and then uh, we had a, a dentist. She was also from, uh, from Honduras there. 
And uh, while she had their undivided attention in her dentist chair, uh, she would share the gospel with them. So I'm sure some of these will say more about different things. And uh, But the God, God really did bless us that week and um, just amazed at these folks and, and, and what they did that week. Uh, we'll see some of it. we got a slideshow that we're going to let you let you look at. Uh, and then we're going to hear some testimonies from these folks. So uh, thank you all for being here tonight. We, we appreciate your prayers. Uh, I think there's... One, two, I think there's four, four churches represented, was represented on this, this particular trip. Uh, so God really did reach out and uh, brought folks together. So, Daryl, if you're ready with the slideshow. trouble now I thought how do we ever get so far down and how's it ever gonna turn around so I turned my eyes to heaven I thought God why don't you do something well I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty children sold into slavery the thought disgusted me so I shook my fist at heaven I said God why don't you do something
just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done. Struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on Y'all get to listen to this whole book tonight. That's my testimony.
I had to condense it, and it was not easy. Um, so no, you don't have to listen to the whole book, just a few pages. And I'm sure uh, Brother Johnny or Eddie or Tommy Dale will rein me in if I keep going too long. Um, first of all, I want to thank the church for their prayers and their financial support of missions. Um, we say this every time, but it, I just really got to see it going. Um, and then I want to thank the non-medical and non-dental people that went with us. Um, they truly are the hands and feet. What we did, I feel like in a lot of ways, was very minimal to what they were doing in the background. When I think of the meals cooked, um, the clothes washed, um, people putting up the, the place for us to conduct our medical uh, clinic, just so much work in the background. And um, then I want to thank Tommy Dale and Nancy and uh, George and Kara and then their forerunners, Gene and Debbie, um, just I didn't have a clue, this being my first mission trip. Um, I don't think I ever knew all the work that was put into this. And um, I just stood amazed every day, y'all. Um, and um, I want to tell you all a few of the things I learned while I was in Honduras. I did condense my list. Um, number one, I'm rich in material things but poor in faith. Uh, number two... Don't flush the toilet paper. Nobody <laughs> told me that until I got there. And uh, so I was probably part of the contaminating the water in the beginning. Um, number three, I can survive without a shower. I did have to do that, uh, I think, a day or two. Uh, four, a hug and a smile crosses the language barrier. Five, keep the main thing the main thing. And um, Tommy, Dale, and Nancy told us that in the very beginning, every meeting we had, uh, they reiterated, just keep the main thing the main thing. Don't make it about just the medical dental part. This is about ministering to souls. And then the last thing is God's timing is everything. And I just want to expound on this a little bit. Um, Mike went on his first mission trip about 20 years ago, and I never felt led to go. And uh, that was because fear had paralyzed me. And um, he didn't realize that it didn't help that he told me things like uh, when he first started going, he was telling me about the small airstrip they would land at. And um, then, of course, we watch a documentary, and that was the second most dangerous airstrip in the, the world. And, um, and then, you know, his stories about the driving in Honduras. And, y'all, I'm a horrible, horrible passenger, so this was huge. Um, so, um, but God knew, he knew when I needed to go and, um, had I went before time to go, I'd have probably been a little bit puffed up as a new nurse going. Um, many things spoke to my heart that, uh, the week we were there, uh, there was a little translator named Annie. I don't know if you saw her in the picture of the little girl that several of us were hugging. Y'all, she was just precious. And, um, for the sake of time, I'm hoping somebody else shares about her. I won't go into it, but she was a little orphaned Annie. She she literally grew up in an orphan abandoned by her mom when she was 10 years old. Mom just decided she didn't like girls, she said, and, and made this known and took her there. But, y'all, this girl loved the Lord. She just, um, everything she did was to glorify God. And uh, she, she spoke volumes to me that week. The children were beautiful. Uh, they wore the best they had, them and their families, to come to the doctor. And they walked, many of them, an hour or more and waited eight hours without food. If they were there to see both the doctor and the dentist, it meant a long wait. 
but again, God's timing is everything. And uh, my preconceived idea was that we're going there to minister to the sick and the needy Hondurans. Well, I want to tell you a little bit about a pediatrician that was there. We had two doctors. We had Quincy Ann, who was our family practice, and we had a pediatrician named Dr. Is it Paola or Paula? Pa- Paula. Dr. Paula. And um, both of them uh, just really ministered to the people. They had a lot of love for the people and, and what they were doing. But um, like I said, perception's everything. And I assumed that the pediatrician was a believer because um, George and Kara had invited her. She's the pediatrician to their children. And, uh, and I knew they had told her this was a Christian uh, medical team coming in. Um, well, my first opinion of her as she started talking, she had a little meeting with us, was that she was puffed up and she was full of herself. And being the good Christian that I am, I avoided her. And... Uh, <laughs> But, y'all, a red flag went on when um, Harmon and um, Armando, they would preach in the breezeway, what we called our little waiting area, while patients were waiting to be seen. And the red flag was uh, when Harmon was preaching, the pediatrician walked out to call a patient, and she looked very visibly irritated at Harmon. And uh, then I was broken for her. I went up to the house later that morning. Nancy did not know what I had encountered there, but she shared with me that she was burdened for this pediatrician. And uh, later, I took a late lunch, and no one was there but myself, Nancy, and the pediatrician, and the pediatrician sat alone. And uh, without a translator, we couldn't communicate with her, and she seemed just fine with that. That night during our devotion, Nancy asked that we pray for this pediatrician, and we did. We all, as a team, interceded for her. Um, the next day, we received word that the pediatrician didn't want to see any patients after noon because she would be leaving early. It was our last day to see patients. But, y'all, God's timing is everything. And if you don't believe that, just ask Abraham and Isaac. Um, I want to read something from you uh, in Luke 15. In this verse 4 through 7, it said, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. God cares about Dr. Paula, and I believe he's doing a work in her. Uh, We saw our prayers answered, and y'all, why am I ever amazed when prayer is answered? Um, But there's still a lot of work to be done, and... um, Someone else will go into this in more detail, and I don't want to take anyone else's testimony, but there was some work done later in Dr. Paula. She did end up staying until 5 o'clock, and I just couldn't figure out why. And then she shared her testimony, and as I said, I'm going to let someone else share that. But um, I just want to ask you to pray for George and Kara. They've got some work to do with her and probably have already. I know they've been ministering to her, but um, if y'all... Think of them, pray for them, and pray for Dr. Paula. And um, again, I just thank everyone for your prayers and just um, that you love missions enough to to uh, see an old girl like me go. Thank you.
Um, this wasn't my first mission trip, but it was my first mission trip in probably about a little over seven years, and it was really humbling, I want to tell you, to serve with these people. And what Sue said is right. Um, it was all knitted together. It took, um, that was the body of believers. Some were feet, some were hands, and it just took every one of them, and they were such humble servants and willing to do anything. And I guess for me, um, I haven't been on the trip since Gene, and um, to see his vision and to see God still working and Tommy Dell and Nancy come alongside it, that was a real blessing to me. Um, and to see George and Kara, y'all, I, um, wow, they, they love the Lord and they love serving where they're at. And um, what a blessing it is to see them. They're not lazy. They work from sunup to sundown, and they love those people. And uh, we're really blessed to have them be a part of this mission trip. Um, I had the honor, I guess, all week to work with a dentist. And um, she was in her 60s. She had uh, never been married. Um, I thought maybe she was a widow, but never, never, no children or anything. She said she had been married to God for 28 years. And... Um, one day, the first patient of the day, a young man, he got his tooth fixed, front tooth, new front tooth. He got a tooth pulled, and he got saved all in the same time. So um, <clears throat> that's the way she operated. And um, she would go on that back porch where they would wait. Y'all, they would wait for hours to get a tooth pulled. And in fact, Thursday afternoon at 1030, we had everybody that we were going to see for dentists that day. I mean, we had them, they would wait all day long on that back porch. And she would go out there and share the gospel with them. And multiple times during the day, it was amazing. She loved, loved, she's a missionary first and foremost. And I look back and um, she um, does, is not in private dentistry. She doesn't do anything to get paid. She's never been like that. She depends on, there's several churches in the uh, United States to support her, but it's just, Donations, She says sometimes she goes without. But this is what she does. She goes to different communities and does dentistry for the poor and needy and, um, and shares the gospel foremost. But uh, she was a blessing to me uh, to see how much she loves the Lord. And, um, um, you know, she's looking forward to us all coming back next time. I know she said that. So that's all I have. I will try not to ramble. On a trip like this, it's very hard to condense um, to condense down. But um, I just want to start by saying when God says to go, then you need to go. I sat and listened to lots of people come back and forth from Honduras um, and never really felt like that was for me um, until this past January. Um, I did a fast and prayed for the first time ever. Um, and I'm just telling you that because I didn't realize how powerful a fast can be. One of the small things that I put in my fast when I prayed was for God to show me um, where he could use me. Um, as most of you know, my pharmacy career has dwindled to about one day a week, um, so I don't work in that career a lot, but 
I did wonder, why, why do I still do this? You know, where does God want me with this? And that was one small prayer during my fast. Um, a few months went by, and Tommy Dell approached me just with a list. Could you just look over this list, Valerie, on this medication and see, you know, what you think? And I said, sure. And then it just kept being there, like, maybe I should go. I wonder if they could use me on this trip. And when you think about a medical mission trip, you think doctors, um, nurses. Um, I never really put pharmacists in that picture. Um, but, wow, um, pharmacists can definitely be used. And let me put out there, non-medical people can definitely be used on these trips. It was unbelievable, just like they said earlier, um, the, the planning and the preparation that went into this trip that had nothing to do with the medical staff that went um, or the medical team that went was um, unbelievable. Um, the, the work that went ahead of us and the work that happened while we were there. So on the next one, <laughs> if you're non-medical um, you know, and feel led to go, then you could definitely um, be, be used on those trips. Um, so anyway, I, I really had some confirmation. I prayed about this trip um, and really got confirmation when it came about that Mackenzie um, could come with me. That was something I didn't even anticipate happening, but she was able to come with two of her best friends, and that just was a big confirmation, the way that that all came about, that they could go with us, and what a blessing they were to us on that trip. Um, but anyway, when we left, my husband's last words to me were, don't let Mackenzie out of your sight. <laughs> He'd been before when Brother Gene was with us, and... Um, he, that was my instructions. So we went through the flights. Everything was smooth. We got through customs. I'll never forget Nancy's face when we got through customs, and they didn't even unzip a bag to look at any medica. you know, nothing. We just got right through, and um, it was just pure elation on <laughs> Nancy's face when we got there. Um, so we got right through, and we went straight to the bus. Harmon, everyone's there. George, we get there. We all load up on the bus, and... They came and said, um, could the girls ride with George? So I'm thinking, Rick is going to kill me. All of, you know, they, they went and got in the, <laughs> the, with George, and we headed off on the bus, and I couldn't even see George's vehicle. We couldn't even see him, didn't know where they were. Um, so I thought, please, Lord, let her get there safely, or I'm not going to be able to go back to the United States because my husband's I've already disobeyed him. <laughs> So anyway, it, it all came together, though, as some of you heard, Reuben got in a terrible accident. Um, one of the, the guys that's in Honduras that works on the property, and um, he was in a terrible accident right as our medical team was getting there. Um, so our bus, um, the girls were already up on the property safe and sound, and we were, um, went back to the hospital so that some of them could go and check on Reuben. So I thought, Lord, you, are, you already are so involved in this trip. It's unbelievable. There they are, safe and sound. We're worried and afraid, and you've got it all under control. They were right where they needed to be. Um, so, um, and the bus ride. I don't remember the bus ride from the airport or from here to the airport in Jacksonville, but the air, <laughs> once I got on the bus with Harmon, you will never forget that bus ride. <laughs> Um, I definitely remember it, um, and my, you know, it was, it was amazing, but God really gave me a peace all of a sudden that this is, this is fine. We're here to do his work, and he's going to take care of us, and he did the entire time. Um, anyway, I really want to speak about unity. Um, that was my big, the thing that kept coming to my mind when I thought about what I wanted to talk about was unity and how God puts us all together to work for him for one purpose, um, and that was to go and show God's love to these people and care about them. Um, I want to read 
a verse really fast. And one is Psalm um, 133.1. It says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And the second one is 1 Peter 3.8. It says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. That really describes our team that, that week. Um, it was unbelievable to watch how everyone just jumped in. And no matter if you did this or your profession was pharmacy or nursing, or no, it didn't matter. Everyone jumped in. In the pharmacy, we would have all of them come check on us at the end of the day. What do you need? Can we help you? Um, you know, what needs to be done? It was just um, really a picture of how I know God wants the church to be is, is that unity. That's just what keeps coming back to my mind. It was just unbelievable. And speaking on what Sue said about the pediatrician, um, we had a big language barrier. We couldn't speak to her freely because, we, you know, neither one of us could talk. Um, but she saw that. She saw that in us um, at the end of the week, and you'll hear some others share about her. Um, you know, that we, I really resolved in my mind, like she said, she did have a very um, prideful air about her. Um, and she, would, she was very much in control. And when she came in the pharmacy, we were all kind of on pins and needles, but we just decided that we were all going to show her nothing but love. No matter what came at us, we were going to give her love back. And um, it was amazing at the end of the week to see prayers answered and how that picture, without even being able to understand each other, she said she saw it in us. She saw Christ's love. She saw that love, that difference in us, and that was just um, unbelievable. So um, the other little things I want to touch on is God provided everything we needed, everything. Um, here I am, the pharmacist, me and Denise, trying to go set everything up, and we got there, and we had our own little space, and I had not thought about accounting tray. I hadn't thought about anything, no tools. or I had not thought of any of that, and George just said, oh, we've got all these totes of things, and so we opened them up, and everything we needed was in there, everything. I mean, we had our own pharmacy, just complete. I was so excited, I can't tell you. It was amazing to have everything there, down to running out of dosing syringes and having them in the middle of the week. Um, didn't have any left for the um, liquid medicines that we needed to give, the dosing syringes, and George just went and pulled another whole bag out of a tote. Here's some more. I mean, God just showed up, and he just really provided. Um, it was amazing. Um, and I did take time. Mike Holmes told me before I left to make sure that I stopped and I didn't get so busy doing things um, that I didn't see the blessings that were out there. And I did. I did stop um, and saw so many little things um, happen. And watching my daughter and her friends um, just doing everything they needed to do, That was, um, that was one of the blessings. <laughs> um, anyway, I want to thank the church for letting us go. Thank you for letting our kids go. Thank you for, um, they were amazing help. You have no idea. They just picked up and did everything they needed to do um, or whatever they were asked, and that was a special thing to watch them. Um, so thank you for letting me go, and thank you for being, letting me be blessed on this trip. Thanks. Well, I just want to thank the church, first of all, and B, um, for allowing me and my two best friends to go on me, to go on the trip with me, and um, 
it was just an amazing week, and I just thank the Lord for it. Um, I just wanted to share a short little story that blessed me on this trip. Um, it was about the third day of clinic, and um, they called me over to registration to walk this little girl to the dentist, and she was only nine. She looked about five, and um, she was all by herself, and she had walked um, a, a really, really long way to get here, and she was all by herself. And she came to get a tooth pulled at the dentist, and a couple weeks ago, I went to go get a tooth pulled, and all she had was Tylenol, and it really blessed me to think that I had um, antibiotics and numbing gas, and they put me out. So all she had was Tylenol, and it really blessed me to think that all we have here, and um, it was a really great trip, and I can't wait to go back. Um, God really moved on this trip, and I just want to thank the church and everybody else for praying for us and letting us go there. Um, it really meant a lot to know that we have so much material things, and they don't have that much. That really spoke a lot to me. going to work very hard to keep it short. Most of you don't know me. Um, I uh, am a member of the Sampson City Church of God, and I'm so very blessed and thankful that I was able to go on this trip. This was my first mission trip. This was my first time out of the United States, so I had to really step out of the box. But I, I can see, um, as I look back now, uh, God's hand in all of this. I just wanted to mention real briefly about how I even got involved, since I'm not a member of this church. Um, I am a pharmacist, and I've known Valerie since pharmacy school, and um, she and I have been very, very good friends. And she mentioned this trip to me maybe February, and she said, um, Amy wants me to go on a medical mission trip. And I said, you should do it. You should go. You should definitely go on that trip. And she said, would you ever do something like that? And I said, well, I, I've always wanted to do that, but my kids are young, and I thought, you know, maybe later in life I'll do something like that. But um, So I've always wanted to, so I said, you should totally do that. So, um, and, and all of this seemed to have happened in, in a, a span of a couple of weeks. So it seemed like a couple of weeks later she calls me back, or maybe it was a text, and said, so there's a group of people that have been praying for a long time about this mission trip, and they want me to ask you to go. So uh, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, do you want to go? Uh, but I, it, it really made me think. And, and in my heart, my heart was pricked. Um, and I thought, I do, I do really want to go. Uh, but I really had to pray. Do I just want to go because Valerie's going? Do I just want to go because it sounds like a fun time? Um, and, and I did pray about it. And um, when I first mentioned it to my husband, let's just put it this way, that he, he wasn't overwhelmed with excitement when I mentioned it. Is that's, that's the way I'll put it. Um, and I told Valerie, I said, you know, this, this may not be the time for me. It, it may not be this time. Um, but who knows, you know, maybe later on that this is something for a door to open later. And um, I just kept praying about it. You know how you have those things that just won't leave and you just have it on your heart? And I just kept praying about it. So I mentioned it again to him. Again, it seemed like about a week later. I'm not sure. but um, And when I mentioned it to him the next time, he said, do you really want to go? 
And I said, I really do. And um, he said, well, then let's go talk to um, my pastor. Let's go talk to our pastor about it. And I thought, okay, Lord, that, that's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And um, so the door opened for me to be able to come. And I had a lot of fear about um, traveling and um, being away from my two younger children that I was not able to take with me. And at, at the beginning, I didn't even know that Shelby was going to be able to go. And that's another one of those things. Valerie mentioned it. It was a heart's desire of mine to take her. And I never mentioned it because I thought that that was probably not appropriate. You know, I don't go to this church. Hey, can I just bring my kid? Is that okay? Um, so I didn't mention it. But then she came to me and said, plans have changed. God's so good like that. Plans have changed. We want the younger girls to come to minister. And I just thought, oh, thank you, Lord. And um, so that's how I came to be on this trip. And I had so many things that um, I don't think I even realized that um, the Lord was going to do and work through me and in me on this trip. Um, and I won't mention all of those things, but I just do want to mention this, that um, Sister Nancy was such a wonderful blessing to me on on this trip, and I had never met them before. If I had, I don't remember anyway. We've, we visited here several times, but the first time I met her at the meeting, it was like um, my a mother. It was like um, a very close friend, just someone my heart just immediately, my spirit was bearing witness with her spirit. We were all children of God. And um, that was just the beginning at the first meeting in the fellowship hall. And let me just say that God brought us together, this group of people. I knew a few. I didn't know many. But there was so much unity and so much love on this trip. And the Lord opened my eyes and just showed me that if you'll have one mind, if you'll be of one mind and of one purpose, he can do great things through us. We just have to be willing and ready to do those things. I do want to do mention that I, um, my fear of riding the bus, Sister Nancy sat with me on the bus, and, and she took my hand and... Um, she just held my hand, and she said, you know, Sister Denise, and this is going to sound so funny, but it was, it was a good word at the time, and it's still a good word, but she took my hand on that bus. We were sitting on that bus, and she said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we go over the edge of this mountain right now. And, and it, it just happened to be at a moment when we were taking a turn, you know, right around... Okay, Lord. Um, but she was right. We are good. We are good. If we are in the place where we know we're supposed to be, it's just, in your, it's just in your heart. It's in your gut. You know you're good. Whatever happens on this trip, whatever happens today, whatever happens tomorrow, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it all. And I just, I, I can't thank your church enough. I can't um, just tell you how blessed I was by your work, by what you've done. Um, and if you have any little um, thoughts at all about missions, I encourage you to pray about it and keep praying about it. 
Um, and don't let fear hold you back because that's one of the best tools of the enemy. Um, if he can keep us scared, then he can keep us down. But the Lord did great and mighty things for others, but for me, for me and, and for Shelby and for this whole group. Um, I just do want to say one more thing that during the devotion that the Lord um, laid on my heart, um, Sister Cheryl had asked me to do a devotion one night, um, which was also kind of stepping out of my box a little bit, but I thought, I, you know, Lord, um, I can do this if you'll help me. Um, and I had, I had something planned before I got to Honduras, but when we got to Honduras and we started ministering and the Lord started pouring into us, what I felt like I needed to talk about changed. And, and one of the things that, that I knew that had happened for me and I knew in my heart had happened for more than just me on this trip was that prayers that we had prayed, um, praying about fears, God, deliver me from this, deliver, show me this, show me that for years. He worked in that week. He worked in that week. Prayers that had been prayed for years. He worked during that time frame, and it wasn't just for me, but it was for others on that trip, and I challenged them then, and I challenge myself now, and I want to continue to challenge my brothers and sisters to not let that passion die, that, that flame that he kindled in us in Honduras. We want to keep it burning, um, and I want to witness to people here in the United States just like I did to people there. Um, and I just, I just thank God for, for all he's done and all he's going to do. Um, my name is Amanda Gail Griffiths. I know most of you here, I think. I didn't grow up in this church, and we don't attend this church. Um, we actually attend New Life Baptist Church in St. George, Georgia, but we're very grateful for the opportunity that we had to go with this group of people. Um, I'll tell you that I'm not a person that likes to be taken out of my comfort zone very much. Um, I like things to rock along just how I plan for them to go. And so when the... Um, the trip was brought up to me. My Uncle Greg actually mentioned it to my sister Quincy and I. And um, to be honest, I didn't really give it a second thought. Um, I just kind of, yeah, yeah, and didn't really think much more about it. Um, and then my sister Quincy said, I've signed you up. You're committed. You need to let your boss know. And so um, I said, well, if you've signed me up, I guess I better go ask for the time off from work. Um, but honestly, I prayed about it, and I really couldn't find a good enough excuse as to why I couldn't go. Um, I know I ask a lot of, um, of God in my life, and I've been blessed with so many things, and there was no excuse good enough to keep me at home in my comfort zone. Um, I was very fearful. I've done a lot of traveling, so I don't know why I was fearful. It wasn't about the travel so much. Um, it was the fear of the unknown. There was a fear of being taken out of my comfort zone. I had a fear that I would get there and I wouldn't be able to contribute much. Um, and also, I made the mistake of a few days before leaving, I just happened to Google um, San Pedro Sula, the city we flew into, just so I would know where it was on the map. And the first thing that came up on Google was murder capital of the world. So then there was that fear. Um, but I don't really know why I was fearful. Thankfully, Mr. Bobby Lane, I sat by him on the first flight and he... Um, was very encouraging and you know, told me there's nothing to worry about. 
which I knew I just needed a reminder. Um, God was with us throughout the trip. He provided for all of our needs. Um, I mentioned I'm not a person who likes to be taken out of my comfort zone. Like this right now is out of my comfort zone. Um, but I, I'm not a person who really does well in big groups of people that I don't know very well. I'm not a big talker. I'm not an emotional person. I don't tend to cry too much. And you can ask the people that I went on this trip with. I talked more and I cried more than I have in a long time. Um, and I thank God. I mean, I know he definitely did a work in me and he's still working in my life. Um, and I came back, I think, with a greater appreciation for the blessings that I have. Um, and in a desire to go again, I'm very excited about the opportunity to go on the, on the next trip. Um, I built many new relationships and friendships that I'm excited about. Um, and I also had the opportunity to work alongside my sister in a role that I've not been able to um, work with her before as a doctor and a nurse. And I was a little concerned about, are we going to argue? Are we going to disagree? I knew we would behave because we didn't want to embarrass our mom and dad. Um, but I think I took directions very well from my sister. And we got along, and it was a blessing to be able to watch her in that role as doctor, um, being that she's my little sister, and, and to see her um, minister to and witness to the people. Um, all of the people on the trip worked so hard, all of the doctors, the pediatrician, um, the dentist, and just everybody on the trip, whether they are medical or non-medical. So I'm thankful for your prayers, I'm thankful for the opportunity to go, and I encourage everybody to go if given the opportunity, and, um, and the Lord is sending you there, and I'm looking forward to the next trip. Well, I pretty much agree with what everybody said already. Um, I do um, thank God for the opportunity to go on this trip. I've been on um, mission trips to Honduras in the past with um, Mr. Gene, and we talked a lot about um, future medical mission trips. And um, I remember when he was sick, I, I visited with him several times in the hospital, and that was every every time I would get up to walk out, he would say, "Quincy, just remember, I want you there." Um, and so when uh, Brother Tommy Dell called me and asked me about it, I didn't hesitate. I knew I, I was supposed to be there. Um, so I prayed about it, and it wasn't too hard to get the time off from work and go. Um, one thing that kind of stuck out uh, to me on this trip was, you know, I've been on probably six or seven medical missions in other countries, um, always with people who um, they weren't Christians, um, just colleagues. Um, and then I've been on the, the Christian medical trips where we've gone and done vacation Bible school. But to put the two together was a great blessing. Um, it kind of, um, I don't know, it, it put things back in perspective for me about what's important in life and um, made me think back to when I first started the journey of going to medical school and everything and that in my heart I wanted to do it because it was another way to to touch people's lives, and if you can meet their physical needs, they'll let you talk to them about their spiritual needs. Um, and so each person that came through, and we had quite a number each day, um, I just tried to mention briefly to them about the Lord and ask them if they were a Christian and did they go to church. And um, I think, you know, everybody probably did that as, as the days went on, but little seeds were planted. And while we may have seen 400-some-odd patients, um, and that seems like a lot compared to the number that were saved, which I think was between 15 and 20 maybe. 
Those 15 and 20 were worth this entire trip. And they were worth all the, the work and time that Karen George put into the trip, Miss Nancy, Mr. Tommy Dale, and everybody else who gathered supplies. And, you know, in the beginning I was a little stressed because I'm one that I want to make sure I have everything I'm going to need um, to take care of these patients. Um, but I was often reminded that it's not, that's not why we're going. You know, we're going to, to share the love of the Lord with these people. So, um, anyway, it was a good trip, and I, I hope I get to go back. Um, I hope this is something that we're able to continue to do in the years to come. Um, and uh, it reminded me, too, that even with my patients here, um, when I close that clinic door, I've got their undivided attention, and um, that's my Jerusalem. You know, that's where I can... Um, share the love of the Lord every day. And so it's, I came back with a, being a little more bold than when I went. Um, um, but anyway, I just thank God for the, the chance to go and made a lot of new friends on the trip. And um, it was good. Thank you all. Thank you for your prayer. I brought my suitcase to share with y'all tonight. Maybe everything won't fall out of here. Okay, wow. Um, I want to read a, a verse before I start. Um, John chapter 4, verse 34 and 30, through 38 says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Um, I just want to say thank you to Brother Johnny for following the vision um, to create IMB, um, to Jean and Debbie for pioneering the way, um, Tommy and Nancy and George and Kara. You guys are the laborers. <clears throat> um, if it weren't for you, this trip would have never been possible, and we would have missed out on tremendous blessings. So thank you for following the Lord in that. Um, and thank the church for your prayers. God heard every single one of them because we experienced that just through different blessings and um, little miracles that really were big ones. So thank you for that. Um, and that just confirms once again that we really do need each other. Um, whether you go, whether you stay, we're still the body of Christ, as um, Denise said, and every part's important. So. Thank you. Um, my, testimony, my testimony begins before I ever left American soil. Um, God has been dealing with me for probably the past two years now on just honing in on his voice, um, hearing his voice, and being quick to obey what he tells me to do. Um, many times when I would work, um, I would feel the Lord leading me to pray with a patient, and sometimes I'd argue in my mind, I'm too busy, you know, the, the next one's waiting. Um, but I learned real quick that 
It was a whole lot um, better if I just listened quickly. So um, I began doing that and just reap the blessing of that because, Brother Johnny, you're right. Your picture up here this morning with your saying was right. Blessings do follow obedience. Um, so anyway, when we, we went to Honduras, obviously, we've established that, um, I was sick quite a bit on this trip and kind of wondered, why am I here again? Because I know that the Lord told me to go, and I'm here, and I'm just in the sick bed, and I'm not a good patient. Um, so Wednesday night during our women's devotional time, which was fabulous, by the way, um, wow, some great spiritual warriors over here, very great times, um, God really moved, but Nancy had said that she felt as though we needed to really intercede for Dr. Paula, the pediatrician that was with us, because she was convinced that she wasn't a believer, so we did, we prayed that night, we prayed specifically for Dr. Paula's salvation, and um, towards the end of Nancy's prayer, I felt the Lord almost audibly tell me, make yourself available for the pediatrician. Well, the next day was Thursday, and that was our last clinic day, so I thought, okay, Lord, tomorrow I'm going to get up, and I'm going to make myself available to the pediatrician, whatever that means. So, of course, I'm thinking that means in the clinic setting. So, um, right after prayer, I started experiencing some um, pretty significant um, health problems, and um, they checked my blood pressure, and it was very high. So I was immediately put on bed rest by our doctor and given some medication. And, you know, that was okay with me because I knew in the morning I was going to be at that clinic making myself available for that pediatrician. So um, morning came, and I was a good little patient, rested all night. I never moved and still was having some pretty significant issues, so I was not allowed to get up. And I started to have a little party in my bed because they didn't understand. They, you know, I had a job to do and I can't be in this bed today. And, um, Valerie came and she, um, she reminded me that I was right where God wanted me to be. And that was just what I needed to hear. Um, just as I'm going into this, I want y'all to realize that there is nothing good in me, um, but Jesus. And I want him to get all of the honor and all of the glory for um, what happened because only he could have orchestrated this. Um, so the next morning, um, I'm sitting in bed and eating my breakfast, and Cheryl comes in, and everybody's been gone to clinic for about an hour. hour. She comes in and she says, oh, your pediatrician friend is here. She's out there eating breakfast. So I thought, you know, I need to go throw my plate away anyway. So I there. Um, smelly, hadn't showered, hadn't brushed my teeth yet. And I thought, you know what, Lord, if you can use a donkey, <laughs> surely, surely you can use me in my present state. So I gladly went out to throw my plate away. And I thought, you know what, God, now it's just now or never, because I'm going to be back in the bed. She's going to be at clinic. So I walked out, walked out there really not knowing what I'm doing. I'm just trying to be obedient. And, um, throw my plate away, and I turn around, and she's right there. And so it was Kara and Nancy and Cheryl and I were standing in there together, and um, 
I asked Kara if she would please interpret. Um, just I wanted to thank the doctor just for um, her help that week. She had been a tremendous help and just allowing us to work ar- alongside of her. And so Kara gladly did translate that. And as she was, as Kara was talking to her, I immediately felt in my spirit, pray for her. And then I thought, oh, really? Now, because Cheryl and Nancy, my spiritual giants, are right here, and they can do a much better job. Are you sure? So I, um, I quickly submitted, and then I asked Kara to ask her if I could pray for her before she started her day, and she gladly accepted. I just put my hand on her and prayed a very simple prayer. I'm going to tell you there was no fireworks. Um, I realized very quickly that it was not me praying. Um, and then that was it. That was it. I said amen, and I went back to my bed like a good patient would. And um, later that day, Kara came back in from lunch, and she said, Amy, I don't know what you did to that pediatrician, but she is different. She has a different attitude. Everybody's talking about it, and I thought, it's probably just because it's the last day, you know, no big deal. And I didn't really didn't think anything else about it. Um, so then that evening, around 5 o'clock, she, the pediatrician asked if she could meet with all of us and talk to us as a group. And she was supposed to leave by noon that day. So we were all kind of thinking, what is she still hanging around for? So um, she came in and she started to, to give us her testimony, um, which was very humbling. Um, she talked about some things that had happened to her in her life, and um, you could almost sense the reason for her her insecurities and her domineering nature just from some of the things um, in her life that had happened. But you, at the same time, you could see these walls that had been erected just kind of tumbling down, and there wasn't a dry eye in the room. We were all just in awe. And she said, you know, I've been watching all of you this week, and there's something different. There's something different about you. And she said, "Um, one of you prayed for me this morning. And fortunately, at this point, I had showered and was a little cleaner, and so she was not able to pick me out of the lineup, which was good because I sure didn't want to be, you know, specifically called out. Um, But she said, one of you prayed for me this morning, and when you did, I felt something different. Um, And immediately, that was my moment. That was my confirmation that, you know what, it is is God. It is the Lord. That's his voice that I'm hearing. Um, He did that. That was not me. I mean, there's nothing good in me. You put your, I could put my hand anywhere and it be no good, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within us that works through us when we're obedient to his voice and to his leading. So she said that, um, basically said that she was not sure if she had the peace that we had. She was not sure um, that Jesus really was her savior. There were still some things that she didn't understand. Um, So George and Kara left to take her home and you know, talk to her further, and this has opened a door to where they're still able to meet with her and um, believe that salvation is coming. It's coming to Dr. Paula. And I think that we all kind of were on the same page at that moment, just wow. Only, 
only God, only God could have done that. Only he could have orchestrated all of that when in the beginning all of our attitudes wanted to be negative towards her because of the way um, she kind of puffed up and came across. But we chose um, to be like Jesus. We chose to... um, to bury our flesh so that he could be seen. And, um, and that's exactly what she, she saw Christ in us. Um, it, it's, you know, it just reminded me, um, God does love us with an unbelievable love. He loved Dr. Paula enough to show her that she needs a Savior. And he loved all of us enough to build our faith, to know that, God is working in us and through us. He's so good and never ceases to amaze me. I want to share another scripture with you before I end. Um, In Acts chapter 1, Luke starts out by kind of recapping a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples before he ascended back to heaven. Um, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. By the way, apostle means missionary or messenger. So they're told to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Um, Later in verse 8, it says... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So I just want to remind us tonight, the very same Spirit that came upon those apostles so that they were able to take that message resides within us if we're a child of God. And we really don't have to get in an airplane and go overseas to share that, um, to share the gospel. It's for everyone. Um, Our Jerusalem is right here, just as Quincy Ann said. It's right here. It's at your neighbor or your coworker or your waitress at the restaurant. That's our Jerusalem. So my challenge um, for you tonight, for me tonight, to continue the passion, as Denise said, and as Amanda Gale said, that was started within us to carry that on. But even for us here, Everybody needs to hear the gospel. And the power of the Holy Spirit within us, if we're allowing God to use us, they're going to see it. We don't always even have to speak it. They're going to see something different within us. Um, We just have to be willing to be obedient as the Spirit leads us. We have to open our spiritual eyes and see the fields that are ripe for harvest. We need to live in such a way that people are unable to ignore the gospel. We need to be people that are willing to literally turn this world upside down by the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within us. Um, This is a video that we're going to show in just a minute that I kind of stumbled upon, and I don't believe I stumbled upon it because that it was providential, Um, but... It talks about that, and it, this guy's a little different, but his message is really good. <laughs> 